You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Wow, I feel so at home. I don't know about you. Before the welcome, I already feel this is my home. Like, so just another layer of that warm welcome. First of all, um, greeting in the name of Jesus and... I really love this house and what God is doing in this place. And uh, first of all, I also want to welcome those watching online on Zoom. You are not second class. You are right in front of me. Actually, you're first class. And maybe they are second class. And <laughs> yeah, welcome, uh, Matt. And first of all, I want to say thank you for uh, Matt and the leadership team here for having compassion here. And it is, um, I believe it's a God-ordained moment. Is this Sunday? Yeah. Not the Sunday before you know, we have, some of us know, we have postponed so many times because of the lockdown. But you know what? God is in the postponing, you know? God is in that. So just want to say thank you so much for having us here this morning. And um, yeah, we're really blessed to be with all of you. And first of all, um, I want to introduce myself. Oh, before that, let me show you a video. So that video is to give you a bit of the overview of what Compassion is doing in the nation. So can we have the first video on introducing Compassion? Poverty is complex and widespread. It devastates communities, families, and those most vulnerable, children. But in the midst of great poverty, God provides the local church. A church is a family, a community, reaching out to their neighbours, to children. God brings his hope and love to people of all nations through his church. But to reach out to children and families living in poverty, a church sometimes needs a partner. That's where Compassion comes in. Compassion works in partnership with local churches in more than 26 developing countries around the globe. Our goal is to see children released from poverty in Jesus' name through the love and practical support of their local church. Compassion is Christ-centered, child-focused and church-based. We believe that addressing poverty in all its complexity and difficulty means showing children and their mums and dads that God loves them and sent Jesus for them. We believe through the gospel message and the love of Jesus, children can be truly released from the four forms of poverty, spiritual, socio-emotional, physical, and economic. With the commitment of the local church and the power of God, our strategic programs have seen more than a million children released from poverty since 1952. All around the world, local people, highly trained, dedicated staff, local experts like doctors and teachers, passionate volunteers from the local church are building relationships with children, encouraging them, improving their access to medical care, clean water, nutritional support, and an education at a local school, showing them a different path, a path that will lead them out of poverty and into a new hope. From the womb to the workforce, compassion helps in the long-term development of children because focusing on children is a powerful and effective way to spread wider change through families and communities. So how does it work? The Child Sponsorship Program is the core of Compassion's ministry. It connects one sponsor with one child living in poverty, providing healthcare and education, as well as encouragement and prayer. Critical Needs builds upon the foundation of the Child Sponsorship Program by providing additional support for things like clean water, emergency care, disaster relief, pre- and postnatal care, and vocational training. Together, these programs help around 7,000 local churches meet the needs of children in their communities. From Bangladesh to Burkina Faso, from Ethiopia to El Salvador, local people are creating local solutions to the problem of poverty 
And in all of those communities and churches, one thing stays the same. Our partnerships are built on integrity, trust and accountability. So who is Compassion? Together we're 1.7 million children, babies, mums and students, and a million more graduates. We're hundreds of thousands of supporters and sponsors. We're passionate child advocates. We're mums and dads. We're businesses. We're community groups and churches. We're a community, a family that stretches across continents. We're united in heart, one in spirit, convinced that Christ and His church all over the world can work mighty wonders in the face of extreme poverty. We are Compassion, and we're releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, and I would like to just give you a bit of my faith journey. I went into full-time ministry 12 years ago, back home in Malaysia. So I'm, I'm born in Malaysia, grew up in Malaysia, and I went to full-time ministry 12 years ago. And just, yeah, I would, I would like to know where I can walk, because I'm a bit, like to move, move around. Yeah, all good. Okay, that's good. So I went to full-time ministry 12 years ago, back in Malaysia. I was a new pastor then and a missionary in part of Asia, and I went to Bible college in New Zealand. So I was there for three years in New Zealand. So any Kiwi here? Not sure. All right. Um, so I was there for three years in the Bible college. It's actually part of the house of prayer and also a YWAM base in that campus. And yes. <laughs> and you know, back home in Asia, I do with a lot of planting houses of prayer, and mission, so I can, I can feel, I can sense the DNA in this house, that house of prayer for all nations. And I just wanna say, this is, you know, if Jesus walked into the door today, he would say, this is the house for prayer for all nations, amen? And that's, that's really what I felt, and that's what really my, my journey, and I moved to Melbourne, so my wife actually is from here, I moved to Melbourne uh, five years ago. I was part of a, a church plant, planting a church, and then the last three years, been involved with Compassion. So I do a lot of speaking in churches, just partnering with churches in Australia to see his kingdom come in the nations. So just a bit about myself, but you know, I'm so honored to be with all of you this morning. Um, before we go into the word of God, how about let us pray? Father, we thank you for your presence in this room and your spirit in this room because you say in your word when two or three gather together, you are in our midst. Even for those that are watching online, when the two or three gather in their homes, the Jesus' presence is in their midst. Father, I pray for those watching online even right now, for those isolating, for those that are feeling unwell. Lord, we just want to stretch our hand to pray for those online right now. Father God, I pray for your healing right now, for your miracle, your presence to touch them. The same presence in this room will be filling the whole house right now. And I pray for those that are watching online, they will encounter your presence. They will receive your power and receive your word. I pray, thank you for your healing. By your stripes, they are healed. So I thank you for your healing for those who are watching online. There is no distance in the spirit. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you speak to each one of them online, even those in person today. Lord, I pray as we open our hearts to listen to the words of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us. You move us into action. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. 
Amen, 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 amen. If you have your Bible with you, I didn't have this scripture on the screen, but I just feel like to open up this scripture is for this season we are living in. Uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 24, sorry, I love my physical Bible. So Matthew 24, and I just wanted to open this scripture of why we do Compassion Sunday in this time. Why this week? Why not last week? Why this week? And I feel like this is the word from Jesus. I just, and I was worshiping there, and I feel like Jesus said this to me. And I'm just going to let you know what Jesus said to me. So in Matthew 24, verse 4. So during the time was chaos, you know, during the time of Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to his disciples, Take heed that no one deceive you, from verse 4 onwards. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. So just to remind all of us, you will hear of wars. It's guaranteed. But see that you are not troubled today. That's why we pray for the Prince of Peace this morning. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine, pestilence, COVID, earthquake, whatever you call it, in various places. And Jesus said, these are the beginning of sorrow. They will deliver up you to tribulation. They will kill you. Wow. They will be, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will be betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the, na in all the nations as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. Amen. Amen. You know what? We are living in this time of wars and rumors of wars. If you have internet, you have TV, you know what is happening. But what I want us to focus this morning is verse 14 is that the gospel of the kingdom must be preached. So I do not want us to be troubled because what's happening, yes, we need to be concerned and praying and watching and praying as Jesus asks us to watch and pray in the last time, in the end time, but let us focus. And that's why I believe what Matt was telling me even on a phone call, you, you should just come. Just do it. Just launch the Compassion Sunday because... This is the heart of this house. That no matter what's happening, our mission, our focus is the gospel of the kingdom must be preached to the end. Then the end will come. Amen. So this morning, I just feel like to start with this because it's such a time we're living in right now. And so this morning, whether you're coming as a spectator or you're coming to, you know, really pray and go into, you know, really say yes to Jesus, let us focus on his kingdom this morning. Amen. 
Amen. All right, if you, let's go with me to the, uh, the Gospel of Luke 4.18. So this, I have this scripture on the screen, yes. Luke 4.18, let us read together. Um, let me open up my Bible. So Luke 4.18. So Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, upon all of us, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. The context of this scripture, Jesus just came out of 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. He came out of the wilderness. He went into a church, a synagogue. He opened up Isaiah 61. This is this scripture. Actually, is from Isaiah 61. He opened up Isaiah 61. He began to read the scripture, and this is what we just read. And he said, he closed the book, and he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And today I believe this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen? Amen? And I call this the Jesus mission statement. This is why Jesus was sent to the earth. It's to what? Preach the gospel to the poor. Bring good news to the poor. And, then, and to heal. And to proclaim. And to bring recovery of sight. To set people free. And to proclaim. Can you see here, I want us to look at the word before that, all the action part. Because we like action, right? I, and I just, yes, I can, I can feel this church love action. And I love action. But there's something before action we need to look at. The Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. You see, before we talk about mission, you need to understand that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Because you're not doing this by, us, by yourself. And the word I want to highlight there is anointed. And actually, when I was just uh, worshipping, another word that God gave to me to highlight on this morning is actually, this is an anointed service. The word anointing or anointed in the Greek literally means to be anointed is to be set apart, protected, and power to do His work. Let me say again. To be anointed is to be set apart, special, protected. How many of us need protection this today, you know? The moment you get out of the house, you need protection. Am I right? And we are here. We all need protection The word anointed means protected. Not only that, in power. Amen. So my prayer, my desire for all of us, those who are watching online, even those who are here, that you need to receive the anointing before you want to do anything for God. And the anointing comes from the Spirit of God and God Himself. You see, many of us want to ask God for power and anointing. I have talked to many young people 
even, especially young people, because they want to be, especially young people, because young people are full of zeal. They want to be anointed and full of power. How many of us want to, the moment you lay hand on the sick and they are healed instantly? We, I want that. I think not just young people, everyone. How many of us want to, the moment we, rate, we command the date to rise, they will rise. And that's the power anointing that is, doesn't come from your study, doesn't come from your qualification. It comes from the anointing. And see, God would not give us power or anointing to do nothing. That's why he said, that's why Jesus said, the anointing comes first, the action. We, but sometimes we want the anointing, we want God to use us, but we do not want to take action. So I want to remind all of us, if you are hungry for God's power and His anointing, I want you to think of action. God, use me to do this with you. You see, one of the things I've experienced is that the more I give, the more I receive. The more I pray, the more I have the anointing to pray. The more I pray for the sick, the more people get healed. The more I serve and minister, the more anointing I receive to minister and serve. See, it comes with like the more you do it, the more God empower you and back you up with the power and the anointing that you need. So if you say to me, Matt, I'm not anointed. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough. Whatever excuses we have, God is saying to us that, no, 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 no. You start to do it. I will give you the, what you need for the mission. Amen. Okay, go with me to Matthew 28. Are you guys doing all right? Those online? Give me a shout if you're online. Oh, not allowed to shout, all right. Okay. Matthew 28. So Matthew 28, verse 18. I believe this is not a strange word for this church, but let us read again. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, I, in Luke 4, 18, is what Jesus said in the beginning of his ministry. And at Matthew 28, is almost at the end of his ministry. You know why? Because now he is preparing us for his departure. And he started the mission in his life he said, now, you're going to continue my mission until the end of the age. And this is the great commission. I often say this, this is not a great suggestion. 
Because I experience, sometimes I want to give the excuse to myself. This is a good suggestion, Jesus, but I'm busy. It's a good suggestion. Not, not bad. But I'm busy. I have, a, I have kids. I have wife. I have a husband. I have studies. I have work. But I want to remind all of us this morning, even reminding myself, no matter how busy I am, no matter how occupied I am, this is the great commission. This is why you, we are called to be Jesus. And because being to be a Christian, in you know the word Christian, literally means lead to Christ. That means that we are to be like Jesus. If you're not being like Jesus, don't call yourself a Christian. And, and, and being like Jesus is what, is to do what he do and to say what he say. So this scripture, Matthew, uh, the Great Commission, you know what I think, I, I'm not sure you guys know this, um, this ministry in the U.S. called Barna Group, the Barna Group. They research a lot of um, churchgoers in the U.S. Last year, I think two, last year they did a research that 52% of churchgoers in the U.S. do not know what is the Great Commission. It's, it's on the, you type in Barna Group, Great Commission, it's all the stat there. 52% churchgoers in the U.S. do not know, do not understand, even some have not heard the Great Commission. And I believe this church is 101% <laughs> that you guys know the Great Commission. You guys understand the commission and you guys live out the commission, amen, of Jesus. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a warning to, to us as a church that are we really the church of Jesus Christ? Are we just a club? And I, I, you know, whenever I say this, I feel like the, the heart of God is broken because it's almost half of his house doesn't know his heart. Half of his people doesn't know his work. But let me remind you, the Great Commission is the Great Commission, not a suggestion. And the, you see, in verse, nine, uh, verse 18, Jesus said, all authority has been given. The word authority in the Greek literally means all resources, all power has been given. The reason I want to say that is that I want to say to those in the room, actually, you know what? I like to preach when I have kids because the kids need to hear this. The children, because I want, one of the things that my desire is to see every generation be involved with the Great Commission and the kids are not left out. So I want to say to those watching online, no matter how young, how old you are, in this room, never disqualify yourself because you are too young. You are too old. You are not educated. You are too rich. You are too poor. Because the Bible said, Jesus said, all authority, all power and resources has been given to Jesus. 
And Jesus now empowers us with the anointing to do what? To make disciples of all the nations. So I want to remind some of us here, you might feel like, you know, man, I'm not like you. I'm not like those on the front. No, every one of us here, including a seven, eight, no matter how young you are, if you're listening, watching the kids, listen to me that you can make disciples of all nations right now. Amen? Praise. Let's give God a big clap. Amen. And the word go, literally in the Greek, is very profound. It means go. It means depart. It's almost like taking one step. Just do it. The Great Commission will not be fulfilled by talking about it or reading about it. The Great Commission can only be fulfilled by going, by taking one step. So one of the things, my prayer for all of us this morning is that no matter where you are, what your state when you come into this home, this, this house, when you leave this place, you are taking an, another step into his kingdom, into his world. That's why the word says, go therefore. Just take one step. It might be reaching out to your friends, your neighbor, your kids, whatever it is. It might be anything that God asks you to do. Just take that one step at a time. Amen? And that's the word go. That's the word go. Go with me to Matthew 25. I'm going to finish up with this scripture. You see, Matthew 25, Jesus gave us a glimpse of the future. How many of us want to know the future? Sort of, yes. But Jesus actually gave us a glimpse or even give us the, what will happen in the future. In Matthew 25, verse 31, this scripture is not a story. It's not a parable. This story is Jesus giving us, letting us know the final exam questions. How, so how many of us still studying today? Imagine how good is that? Your lecturer say, hey, hey, man, I give you all, my, all the questions in my exam. It's something like that. It's like God is saying, Jesus give us, preparing us, giving us the questions, letting us know what he will ask of you and me when we see him. See, let's, read to, let's look at the screen. So verse 31. When the Son of Man come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, He will sit on His throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Jesus and Jesus will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He will set the sheep on His right hand and the goats on the left and the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus said, For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous people will answer Jesus and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? 
When did we see you thirsty and give you a drink or see you a stranger and took you in? Or when did we see you sick and come to you? And the king, Jesus, will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, in as much as you did it to the least of this of my brethren, you did it to me. Let me read again verse 40. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, in as much as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. One of the motivation of mission is that we get to minister to Jesus. Because sometimes we think mission or compassion is about the person. We help the poor, we help the sick. But Jesus wants to remind us that whatever you do in my name to the least of this, that means to those that are not important, those that no one sees, no one knows. Jesus said, as long as you did it, not think about it, you did it to the least of this, you did it to me. And I believe all of us here, no one, we have never seen Jesus hungry. I have never seen Jesus thirsty. I thought Jesus is all, Jesus has all, everything he needs. He, he's the owner of a thousand hills. He doesn't need anything. But Jesus telling us that I was hungry. Jesus saying to us, I was thirsty. I was naked. I was sick. So my question to all of us is that, do we see that? Do we see that Jesus is saying to us, I was hungry? I'm not trying to mess up your theology here because Jesus is all powerful. But what he is saying is that as long as you do it to the least of my brethren, you actually do it to me. And he said, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. And he wants to reward everything, everything we do in this life. Amen. We are saved by faith, not by works, but we are saved for every good works. Amen? So if you're here today, you're not saved. You're not saved by what you do. But, when, but Jesus wants to save you, heal you, deliver you, empower you, resource you, so that you are empowered, saved, resourced to do every good works. See, compassion is a Christ-centered, church-based, child-focused ministry. That's one Melbourne Lights Church is partnering with compassion, starting in Indonesia, to release children from extreme poverty in Jesus' name. And the, the beauty of that is that all the children from today, for the next few weeks, that sponsor is from the same region in the uh, Jogjakarta and the, I think the Semarang, Semarang area, which is you guys already had partners on the ground. And Matt, I think two years, before COVID, we met up, we said, how can we in increase our influence in that region? So Melbourne Light is partnering with Compassion and partnering with the churches in, the, in that region 
to do the work of the kingdom. Amen? So even in the future, we can actually go on a compassion trip together. Come on. And we can literally go to the nations. And, amen? But for now, we can't go. But let me tell you, your prayers can go. Your giving can go. Your, your letters can go, which I was going to touch on a little bit about making disciples through letter writing. So when you sponsor children, you actually, as you've seen, you provide them with the basic need of life, like clean water to drink. So these children are the children that are living in extreme poverty. Let me give you a bit of a definition of, definition of what, it's mean, what does it mean, extreme poverty. Extreme poverty, World Bank defined is if a person lives under $1.90 a day. A person uh, live under a dollar ninety a day, you're con- you are in extreme poverty. There's no one in Australia living in extreme poverty. No one. But they are right now. I want you to remember this number because this number is in God's heart. 360 million children living in extreme poverty. Let me say it again. In the heart of God has this number. 360 million children right now living in extreme poverty. I don't know about you. Can you see that God, you know, God, God tells us about the wars and the rumors of wars, but He shifts our focus to the kingdom. Because you know what? Before the end will come, the gospel must be preached to the poor, to those that do not know Jesus. You might say, this is a big number, man. In God's heart, 360 million children. God's heart is breaking when He looked down to the earth, seeing these children suffering. But we all can do something about it as a church, as a body of Christ. And that's why right now, in Compassion Program, we are partnering with 8,500 churches in the 25 countries with one, almost 2.1 million children right now currently in our program that connected with someone in the sending country and being discipled through letter writing. So when you sponsor children, actually the child will receive the basic things of life like clean water, clothing, food. And not only that, every compassion children will hear the gospel and be discipled by the local churches in that region. And every child sponsor we have seen, the ripple effect is that four family members come to know Jesus. So every child sponsored, you are not just, actually you are starting a movement in that family, in that region. It's that you are seeing, you know, one child sponsored, four family members come to know Jesus. The church up, you know, empowered to do more in that region. And not only that, you can actually build relationship through letter writing. That means that you can write letters to that sponsored children. And I've been saying this a lot in many churches, is that we can't go to the nations. But you know what? The Great Commission has to continue. So I want to encourage you that you actually can write letters to disciple the nations. You might say, Matt, I'm already at, you know, I'm, I can't go, I can't travel. But you know what? I have seen many, many retiree at the age of 60, 70. They take on that mission that I'm going to disciple the nation through letter writings. 
So you can write letters and you can write scripture, prayer in your letters. And it's $1, so which is, sorry, it costs us $48 a month to sponsor a child. It is tax deductible. You can sponsor a child. You can sponsor multiple children as a family. Me and my family, we do as a project um, together. And you can do it as a business too. So right now, I want to show you a video to finish up. It's a video from Indonesia. What happened when a child realized that he's, she is sponsored? So this, her name is Helena. She has been waiting for a sponsor for almost two years. So can we have the video on? So there'll be a bit of bahasa. So the video, is all right? That, thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.